just getting in here before the show starts to let you know that I am offering the Streamline Your Mornings five-day free challenge again in October. And it's it's just finished up, the, the free one finished up just last week. People had such good successes, and I'm so proud of you if you took this challenge. I loved, loved, loved doing it with you, and I wanted to offer it again. If you didn't get the chance, I wanted to offer it again and give you the opportunity to get in there for the Streamline Your Mornings five-day free challenge. So what we do is we spend these five days figuring out how to make your mornings better. That's really like the whole point of it. It involves access to a... Again, free the We Turned Out Okay Facebook group, the private Facebook group. The only people who are in there are the people doing this challenge right now. And I, uh, I'm i going to do a Facebook Live Ask Me Anything on the last day, the Friday of the challenge. And I just hope that you will go to weturnedoutokay.com and sign up for it. You can click the link right in the show notes to sign up for it. and Or you can go to the link in the sidebar. There's a picture in the sidebar to click as well for the Streamline Your Mornings Challenge. It will be taking place from October 2nd through the 6th. So Monday, October 2nd through Monday, October 6th, coming up in just a couple weeks. And uh, I hope you I hope you'll take advantage of it. It's been super helpful and super fun as well. All right, uh, that's it. Enjoy the show. Come on, guys. We turned out okay. The modern parent's guide to old school parenting. I'm going to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello, and welcome to episode 183 of We Turned Out Okay. Today is a Your Child Explained episode where we're always getting into the minds of our kids and seeing what's going on in there. And today, our episode is brought to you by the Ninja Parenting Community, which is the community where I help parents figure out their toughest struggles. They get to ask me questions in our forums, for example, they get to they get to ask questions like these are some actual questions. What do I do when my child calls me or others mean names? How can I stop the whining? I don't like spanking my kids, but what else can I do? And I give these moms and dads concrete advice and immediate steps to follow. We go far past mindset, which is really what 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 we turned out okay is about a lot of times. I think mindset's really important, but we go way past that in the ninja parenting community. And we go into uh, me telling you, here's what to do now. (laughs) Here's what you can do to fix this situation. Parents learn how to handle the toughest parenting stuff through courses and training modules and lots of other resources, including a free download of my book, Positive Discipline Ninja Tactics. Membership gives you access to all of my experience and knowledge as a child development expert, which is a lot. It's everything I learned while earning degrees in early childhood education and human development, while student teaching, while working in a great school district affiliated preschool program, while raising my own children, while teaching other people's children in these in the ensuing years. You get to put all of that to work for you in the Ninja Parenting community. So if you need help when you're at your wits end with your child, please consider joining. You can click the link in the show notes or you can go to weturnedoutokay.com slash y hyphen NPC. And that will take you right there. I think probably the easier thing is just to click the link in the show notes. And I really, I really hope you'll consider it. It's, it's been amazing. I mean, to watch these parents kind of 
blossom and grow and and see try things that really really work and I I want to do that for you too. We are all sometimes we are all at our wits end and and I want to I want to be able to help you. So so anyway, thanks for listening back to the episode. Today I want to get into something that I haven't addressed on the show and it's actually something that came up for me in my own life. Uh, it has come up for me in my own life recently. And it starts with the the kind of the public discourse, the way things appear to be anyway in our country. I'm thinking about, I yes, I'm thinking about the hate spewing, you know, elected officials that you read about, you know, or you, you see their tweets or whatever. I am also thinking about things that that really just make the news for legitimate, real important reasons, like these teenagers in Florida over the summer who watched a man drown and taunted him as he drowned. And not only did they not help him, they did the opposite of helping him. And I really think there's a special place in hell for people like that. And when you're a teenager, I mean... I guess I think about everything has to be learned, right? It goes back to thinking about how to how to confront racism and how to help alleviate racism. Everything is learned. Hate is learned. And so what have these teenagers learned? What is their echo chamber like where the 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 messages that get reinforced are not messages of altruism and and how oh my god, there's a person drowning. Can we at least call 911? But instead that we that that we watch them like taunt this person and and we i just i'm i'm spluttering about it a little bit cuz i'm still i'm still getting over that and i feel like as a parent listening you most likely have a younger child and you do not want your younger child to grow up into a person who is going to like point fingers and taunt somebody who needs help and that brings me back to a situation in the spring where my youngest, who was 12 at the time, my Jason was playing on a soccer team and, you know, a local for our town kind of soccer team. And he, he, his team played a game against a a neighboring team, a neighboring town's team. And my son's team trounced that team, which honestly last year was no surprise because they were in first place. They, they, at this point they hadn't lost a game. They did go on to win it, lose a game or two, but, uh, they were having like the season of their lives. And, and I loved it because our coach, our coach, the whole coaching staff was totally into what's, what are we here for? Like, we're not here to win games. We're here for the camaraderie, for the fun, for the skill building, for the like team building. We're here to be part of something exciting. And if we lose, in fact, uh, he, he, it, once I get into this a little bit more, I will share with you some words that his that my son's coach wrote to me when I asked him about this situation that I'm going to describe. And and let me just hint at it. They're, they're really positive words about why kids need to lose, why they need to learn and get used to that. And And it's no wonder, I will say this too, that our coach, my son's coach, was voted the coach of the year. Uh, because he's he's a fantastic coach and I'm so so appreciative that my son could could have him could work with him and uh, I don't know if I've said this yet <laughs> maybe I have but I could not bring this coach on the record because the the higher ups decided that they didn't want names attached to this so so you got one name my son Jason <laughs> that's it and um anyway they 
beat the pants off of this team. They shellacked this team. They won by six, seven, eight goals, something like that. And what I really admired about this other team was how the kids did not give up. I mean, it was a, even when they were losing by seven, six, seven points, they still were bringing the ball up, you know, to, they were still trying. They were still taking shots. They had, I think, as many shots on goal as we did. I mean, I'm not remembering specifics. It was, you know, six months ago, but it was, um, it was something to behold that a team would have the kind of spirit that even if they were losing by so much, nobody was hanging their heads. Nobody was letting the ball go by them. They were trying as hard as they could. And, you know, the teams shake hands, everybody goes home, whatever. Nobody, like there was no sort of, we've had other situations where uh, people will call. We had a situation it, it, later in the in last season where a parent, I still can't get over this, Parents were telling, more than one, parents, plural, were telling their team, kids, you know, their their 12-year-old and under kids, they were saying things like, take them out. They were, they were saying that about our kids. They wanted their kids to take out our kids. I mean, just the most unbelievable bad sportsmanship for 12 and under. And anyway, so at this game today, everybody was great while the kids were playing in the field. And, the, the you know, our team wins the other team loses, they shake hands, they do their little, you know, go team kind of speeches at the end. And as we're getting in the car, everybody's getting into their cars. And the dad next to us was getting into the car with his son. They were of of the opposing team. And the dad was berating the son. And one of the things I remember him saying, he spluttered, God, he shouted, your offense was non-existent. And you could just see this kid in back shrinking back into the seat, just wishing he could be invisible. And in in fact, when I spoke with another uh, parent from that same, you know, getting into their cars the same game, they they heard this too. And I, I ever since I've been thinking about like, why... What would cause a parent to do that when it, when it in fact was totally not true? It was not true at all that, that they weren't, that their offense was non-existent. Their offense was awesome. They just didn't, they just didn't make it today. I mean, like, that's the thing that, that kills me. And so I wrote to my son's coach basically saying, like, I saw this, I witnessed this, I heard about this, and, I, you know, what do you think about it kind of a thing? And, and coach wrote back and uh, he, well, so I wrote to him and basically said, like, I'm so glad my son is on this team where all the parents seem to get it. They've actually, Jay was the, he was the only addition or subtraction to the whole team that like last season. So, and the other thing that's kind of interesting that I think is back, good background for this is before Jay joined the team and he is, by the way, he had not played soccer for six years. He was very coachable and enthusiastic, but not a ringer, you know, not like the best soccer player in the whole wide world or something. The team was exactly the same in the spring as it had been in the fall, except for Jay. Jay was the only addition, the only, there was nobody subtracted. And in the fall, this same team that finished in first place last year, last spring, in the fall, they finished in last place. They never won a game. Not once. By the time they played two games, I think this year, or maybe three games in their season, they had already surpassed the number of goals total that they scored in the previous season. And 
I mean, so in the same coach, same coaching staff, like they really, something happened where they turned it around. And in the, in the next, in the following season, they, they came with the same good attitude that they had had while they were a losing quote unquote losing team when they finished last and they, they put it to work. You know what I mean? And so I, I wrote to my son's coach and I basically said, I'm so glad he is on this team. And I, and I saw this happen today and I wanted your thoughts on that. And so I think I'm just going to read you all of what coach said. First of all, he said, thanks for the kind words. I appreciate it. This is a really great group of kids and we have fought hard to keep them together. We've had the same core kids since they were about eight or nine years old playing in town. This group welcomes anyone as long as you try hard, regardless of your skill. It stems from the parents as we have the best parents because they get it and instill that in their kids. The kids genuinely love to play and it shows. You mentioned the tough year we had last season and it was a tough year, but losing is also an important part of development because winning is easy and you need to be able to handle defeat, though the kids won't agree. And everyone does like to win. And again, the parents are an important advocate for that message because parents' bad attitudes are reflected by the children. I've always felt, and this, I got goosebumps here. I've always felt that comments like you heard about winning is more about a parent. uh, uh, Let me start that sentence again. I've always felt that comments like you heard about winning is more about a parent's ego than anything to do with the child or the game. Criticism, I feel, is an important part of learning, but only if it's as a mechanism to improve the player and not belittle them. The three of us coaches work well together and complement each other's personalities, and we try hard to put our egos aside and let the kids have fun. The kids sign up to play and not sit on the bench and watch. One of the most heartbreaking things I hear, coach continues, is when kids quit because they never played or always came out when they made a mistake on their old teams. We've actually had a couple kids join our team after bad experiences and end up loving soccer again and not wanting to leave our team. That is what it's all about at this age. They just want to play with their friends and not everyone is a superstar and nor should that be the expectation. The great thing about sports is kids learn to make decisions on their own and the worst thing that can happen is you lose and then you just go at it again next time. And he finishes by saying, unfortunately, this gets lost on some parents and it's only the kids that end up suffering because of it. So I think I want to talk about this today. I'm really linking it in my mind to the just the, the nationwide negativity on a, on a high level, on a nationwide level. When we have, uh, when we have Charlottesville and we have just in up here in Boston, we had a, we had a quote free speech rally a few weeks ago, actually just last weekend as I'm recording. And just there were, I think because of the fears from Charlottesville, this happened the weekend after Charlottesville, there were only about 50 attendees to this free speech rally, which was on Boston common and there were 40,000 counter peaceful counter protesters and in in that there were i believe about 30 arrests kind of disturbing the peace arrests i mean for 40,000 people that some because there was some small faction of those people that didn't want to be nonviolent they wanted they were basically saying like hey violence is what's going to stop you know this problem which i don't believe is true and i was so very glad that in you know the place I consider my home, it didn't erupt into something scary and frightening where, 
you know, like in Charlottesville where somebody drove his car into a white supremacist drove his car into a, a counter protesters rally and and killed someone and hurt other people. I mean, these are the kinds of things that it is impossible to keep at least the vibe of from kids. And if 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 you like me sometimes just cannot cannot resist reading the latest news on Twitter or the latest headlines or or sometimes it's really how do you shut off something like that? You know, when 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 you're worried about how is this going to affect me and my home and my family in my town in my community and i mean this show is all about being supportive of each other and i for the record do not give one small rat's behind what somebody looks like i care about what is in their heart and what 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 yeah, I care about being kind to people because that's what we're supposed to do. And that's how a society sticks together. And and so I'm really, really worried about all the negativity, all the reporting, all of the garbage and drivel and lies and dreck. And I'm relating it all back to this soccer game and this dad who shouted at his son, your offense was non-existent. And, and I, I think it's because I'm... Uh, I'm worried about when a parent says stuff like that to a child, again, getting it back to like, this is a Your Child Explained episode. How does the child take that? The parent may be thinking, oh, what I'm doing is I'm instilling the winning values in my child. I'm making sure that my child knows it's really important to win. (laughs) Winning at all costs. And, but the thing about this is that the parent was blind. He didn't see the offense and all that the offense and the whole team was actually pulling together to try to do. He, he had, as, as coach mentioned, he had an ego issue. His ego was in there. My son lost big today was, was his problem. And when we make winning everything from inside a child's head, I, I mean, that just, it just gives our children so many maybe not so many problems, but a couple of huge problems. So first of all, I think about something called a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. If we tell a child something like, if we communicate to them that winning is everything, and then they do not win, somehow they have let us down and our expectations are like their whole world. And they will give up. They'll be like, uh, at least some percentage of kids will give up. And it's it's probably a pretty big percentage. Because And I, and I say that thinking about things like, like, when I say that, that I think it's a big percentage. What I'm really thinking about is the amount of kids whose parents are likely to say something like this, who, who make it about you know, you are a good person or you are a terrible person because you won, because you lost. That is promoting this fixed mindset. And I I feel so passionate about it because like it just shuts doors for people. It just, it just closes things down. I mean, uh, when I imagine a better scenario, if this dad had if the son was disappointed in their loss, if the son was like, wow, I, I really feel like this was completely my fault. I, I, I should have done so much more. I mean, I can't, I almost can't imagine a 12 or under 
kind of taking that on without at least some, I mean, I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't say that. Forget it. I'll, I'll, I will stop, you know, going down that rabbit hole. But the idea that a parent, you know, what could he have done differently? If he'd been thinking about his child instead of his own ego, he maybe could have said something like, what, you know, what do you think happened out there? Or, or I'm so sorry. I watched you play your hardest, like focusing on the playing and the, the experimental aspects of it and the, 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 like, we'll see what happens next time, trying for a growth mindset as Carol Dweck, she's the researcher who really talks about this. And we've, you've heard Jessica Leahy uh, on this show talking about it. She wrote an amazing book called The Gift of Failure, which actually has a whole section on sports, which maybe I should have thought about before I got on here. Anyway, pardon me. She, uh, Jessica Leahy, Carol Dweck, so many researchers, Angela Duckworth, uh, who wrote the book called Grit, which is about how kids get how kids get that like push through it instinct, how kids don't give up on or how people basically don't give up on stuff. And it's not by punishing them, withdrawing your love when they lose, because that's what this dad was doing. He was so angry. He was basically saying like, I don't love you anymore because you lost. If you want my love, you're going to have to win next time and prove to me that that you deserve it. And I think actually that is the crux of this, like looking from inside our kids' heads. Kids don't have the same developmental capacity that we do to parse and understand meaning behind our words. So when when we angrily shout at our kids and we belittle them the way this dad did and we we tell them how much they suck because they lost. They, the message they understand is my parent does not love me. I can't emphasize that enough. Like it's not about the child and whether you love them or not. It cannot be about that because then, then we have children who grow up questioning whether they're loved. I mean, people who live with these things, you know, this kind of feeling all of their lives. And I'm asking you today to, if you've ever done this, first of all, to forgive yourself. (laughs) We all make mistakes and we all, sometimes our ego does get in the way. And there's, there's, there's a redemption in saying, I am sorry. And even saying that to our child, you know, I'm sorry, I hurt you. I hurt your feelings. I love you now. I will always love you. I don't care how many good grades you get. I don't care how many soccer games you lose. I don't care. What I care about is you and your heart and your being. And if you can communicate that to your child, then they have a much, much, much better chance when we look back out in the public landscape of of developing a kind of resilience to those ugly, ugly messages. They have a much better chance of not pointing and laughing at somebody who's drowning and instead going to help them. They have a much better chance of having good positive relationships and marriages and friendships and working relationships if we can communicate to them that the most important thing is that we love them and they can try again. You know, just because they lost today doesn't mean that they won't get another chance. And, uh, and I, I, I mean, I think I'm going to leave it there. I feel like today was quite a rant. And I hope as always, you know, I'm not standing across from you with my finger in your face. I am standing with you. I've made these mistakes. I, I mean, not that I've ever, I've never had ego get in the way in terms of sports, 
but maybe I've had, maybe I've yelled at my child. I mean, I know I have. And, and what I tried to do and still do to this day, if it happens, is I try to say to them, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I let my ego get in the way. <laughs> um, I might not say that exact thing because I don't think they would understand it, but they understand I'm sorry and I love you. And I'll try to do better because that's part of an apology as well. Not just if you were hurt, I'm sorry, but like, I'm sorry, I did this thing. I committed this act and I will try to do better. I mean, I think that's, if you can do that, then you've, you've already won as far as I'm concerned. And I think, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to leave it. I, (laughs) I thank you so much for listening. I feel like I, I, this has been a bizarre summer with the, with the public landscape. And as I said, rattling around in the back of my mind has been this kind of memory of this dad berating his child and, and me wondering like, what, what's this going to mean when this kid grows up? And like, what will, what memory of the, you know, what kind of memories like this will he take into his adulthood? And how will they form his, how will they impact his adult relationships? And like his, his, psyche and his feelings and his his perception of the world as a good and benevolent place or an evil and untrustworthy place because uh that's important too so again thank you so so much for listening if you got something out of this show please share it please 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 share it subscribe to we turned out okay that is one of the best ways that you can help spread the show spread the word about the show uh we are now up in the google play store so if you can you know if you've always struggled with finding a place to listen and you don't have an i device like an iphone or something um then now you so we're already up in apple Podcasts and we have been since the beginning we're up in stitcher and now we're also up in the google play store so please android users share that get the word out it's really uh it's really I don't have the words to express how grateful I am that you keep tuning in in fact you keep tuning in in bigger and bigger numbers um which are astounding to me. (laughs) And just thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, And thanks also to the 20 time winner of the husband of the year award, our producer, Benjamin Culp, amazing man who is so great with this idea of winning, not being the most important thing. He's, he's, he has always been passionate about soccer, loves the game, loves he loved playing it as a kid and uh i think it's really fun for him to watch his son get into it out there and and really make these connections and friendships and enjoy the skill building and the camaraderie and and all that good stuff so ben thank you so so much for producing the show for coming to soccer games and for being so enthusiastic about it all i love you (laughs) all right everybody we will uh we'll see you next time thanks again so much for listening bye Do you have a question about something your kid is doing that is driving you crazy? Well, don't let that continue. As Gordon from Sesame Street always says, asking questions is a good way of finding something out. Put my master's degree in early childhood education and years of experience working with young children to work for you. Go to weturnedoutok.com slash contact or email me at karen at weturnedoutokay or ask your question on the Facebook fan page, which is the We Turned Out Okay podcast page or Instagram at we turned out okay, or on Twitter at Stone Age Techie, or you can even snail mail it to me, Karen Lock Culp, 
P.O. Box 61, Bellingham, Massachusetts, 02019, and you'll get your question answered here on a future Your Child Explained episode. We'll see you here for the next episode of We Turned Out Okay. Thanks so much for listening.